today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Now, for the second time in less than a week, President Joe Biden has called Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and told him he should not proceed with military action in Rafah without a plan to protect civilians. And this comes as both the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar and the Thornish de Michal Martin are in Germany to attend the Munich Security Conference. In a moment, we'll hear from Professor Scott Lucas, who's Professor of US and International Politics at the Clinton Institute at UCD. But first, as more than a million and a half displaced people shelter in the city of Rafa in the shadow of an upcoming offensive. I'm joined on the line by Carol Balfe, who's CEO of ActionAid Ireland and who has staff in Gaza. Good morning, Carol, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, Claire. Now, I know you've 12 staff working in Gaza at the moment. What are the immediate priorities there and what have they been seeing in recent days? Yeah, um, we actually have 12 staff, as you say, in Gaza, and we also work with five local partners responding um, to the humanitarian needs. I mean, what we're seeing is absolute terror and horror. Rafa is essentially one of the world's largest refugee camps, and it is literally one of the most dangerous places on earth right now with absolutely hellish, dire and inhumane conditions. So people are living in terror, the airstrikes and the fear of the planned ground offensive. And also we're seeing the hunger crisis at really unprecedented levels. So this is something that is completely avoidable. This should not be happening. And we're witnessing this catastrophe of a a hunger and famine-like conditions. So people are running out of the basics, you know, even animal feed that they've been resorting to using, they're running out of those very basic supplies. And it's having an absolute detrimental impact on people Mm -hmm. there. I I heard an interview with an Israeli representative in the last couple of days who said, that the aid is getting in and if the international community wants more aid to get into Gaza, they should send more aid. Is it getting in? No, I mean, I I think that statement is inaccurate. Um, We're seeing about, you know, a fifth of the aid that was getting in before October the 7th. So it was about 500 trucks a day before October the 7th. It varies, but it's approximately about 100 a day. And not only is it not getting in, I mean, the aid is on the border ready to go in but there are ridiculous and arbitrary restrictions that the Israeli government are insisting on. You know, so we're hearing about poles of tents not being allowed in because they could be dangerous fruit with stones because those stones might be used as bullets children's clothing that has zips because the zips are dangerous so, you you know, absolutely ridiculous restrictions and in complete contravention of the very clear ruling from the International Court of Justice that said Israel had to increase the amount of humanitarian aid that was getting in. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a little bit about um, the state of uh, maternity care in Gaza and also the number of children who are at risk? Yeah, Um, so ActionAid, one of our partners is actually a maternity hospital and they are working in really unimaginable circumstances. So there's about 52,000 pregnant women in Gaza and 180 births a day. So we are working with a midwife who's working in Rafa and she's working in, you know, hellish conditions, supporting about approximately 100 pregnant women, just 20 who gave birth recently. And women, you know, the health system has almost shut down and the hospitals that are operational are obviously dealing with very devastating and catastrophic industry injuries. So it's only the women that have very serious bleeding or risk at pregnancy that are actually making it to a hospital. So women 
are giving birth on floors in tents and they're having C-sections and emergency treatments with no sterilisation, no painkillers. And then obviously, you know, many women are giving birth early because of the trauma and the fear and that they're not getting the nutrition that pregnant women need. And when their babies are born, they can't produce milk to breastfeed. There aren't diapers available. So, you know, absolutely hellish conditions. And children are really affected as well. So there's 335,000 children under the age of five in Gaza. You know, not only are they experiencing hunger and trauma, but they're literally having their childhoods taken away from them. You know, UNICEF has estimated that there's about 10,000 children that are child-wasting, which is the most serious type of malnutrition. And these children will never recover from what's happening to them now from mm-hmm. a health perspective or an emotional perspective. Okay, Carol, uh, interesting to get your perspective on it and that of your uh, 12 staff who are there dealing with all of that. Thank you for joining us. That's Carol Ball from Action Aid. As I said, Professor Scott Lucas is with us as well and thank you, Scott, for joining us. Now, as I said, Joe Biden has told the Israeli Prime Minister that he shouldn't go ahead with that ground offensive in Rafah without a plan to protect the civilians. What do you think the state of play is there? Those warnings have been made repeatedly and we know as well on the other side that there are negotiations around a ceasefire. Do you think that Israel will go in to Rafa in the way that they have said they will? Certainly, if Prime Minister Netanyahu has his way, yes, there will be an Israeli assault on Rafa, just as there has been by stages an Israeli assault on the north of Gaza, then the Israelis moved to the center of Gaza, and then having told Palestinians, well, you can go to southern Gaza, that's where you'll be safe. Since December, they've been attacking southern Gaza, moving in and attacking the city of Han Yunus, and then saying, well, even though we told you you could go to Rafah, you'd be safe there, and you now have more than half of Gaza's population who are in Rafah, uh, now saying that Rafah itself would be under threat. Uh, in terms of the American statements by Biden and his other officials, I just must be honest with you and your listeners, talk is cheap. Uh, the Americans have said for months, along with the international community, they have you know, asked the Israelis to limit operations to make sure they protect civilian lives. Uh, they've done that stage by stage, and the Israelis have simply kept advancing and have kept expanding their operations, where you now have almost 30,000 people dead and thousands more who are missing. Uh, so unless the Americans back up their words with substantive action, and substantive action probably means actually cutting military assistance to Israel, including provision of some of the bombs and weapons that the Israelis are using to kill people, including kill civilians. Unless the Americans take an action like that, Netanyahu and the war cabinet can shrug it off. Uh, The only check on them, I think, is going to be pressure from within Israel. If Israelis themselves begin to question the value of such an operation. Yeah, but if if the Americans were to do that, if you are involved with Hamas in in any way, you would see that as a huge victory. And let's not forget what they did on the 7th of October. Look, and again, in in the spirit of honesty, the Israelis have already handed Hamas a huge victory. Um, The fact of the matter is, is that immediately after October 7th, when Hamas had carried out these mass killings of Israelis, of foreign nationals, more than a thousand people killed on that day, when they um, abducted hundreds of them and still hold more than a hundred of them as hostage. You know, the international community went to the Israelis and said, look, Hamas is unacceptable. 
we need to draw the line here. We need to isolate them politically, economically. We need to use security measures to make sure they can't attack you again. But you're not going to succeed if you go in with an all-in assault because you'll just rally people around Hamas. They'll be seen as the protectors rather than those who have brought hell down on Gaza itself. And that is what has come to pass. Mm -hmm. um, it, so I think the Americans themselves criticizing Israel and actually taking action like cutting military aid, that doesn't bolster Hamas any more than where Hamas has been bolstered and indeed saved, I think, from itself by the Israeli decisions of the last four and a half months. So are you expecting anything to happen in this regard at the, at the Munich Security Conference? No, because I, I think the Munich Security Conference, first of all, will be largely focused on issues of European security and on the Russian invasion of Ukraine and of maintaining support for Ukraine, particularly in light of two things that are happening in the United States. The first is the blockade by Trumpist and hard-right Republicans of aid to Ukraine, whether or not that is going to be finally broken. And secondly, the impending threat of Donald Trump if he's re-elected as president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Particularly given what he said about those who don't pay the full 2% of their defence liabilities that he would say to Russia to go ahead and attack mm -hmm. them. That has been a huge issue given where he's standing in the polls to be the next president of the United States. Absolutely. Because let us be honest, uh, Trump has said since the late 1980s that the United States should not stick with its allies. Uh, he took out a full page ad in the New York Times to trash the Japanese, to trash the South Koreans, to trash Europeans. There's nothing new itself in terms of Trump effectively saying America, or rather Trump, should go his, his own way. What is different is being so explicit that Donald Trump, who is an admirer of Vladimir Putin, would actually welcome uh, a Russian attack on one of America's allies. That's that's a situation that none of us have faced in the past in terms of the 75 years uh, of NATO's existence. And so you have European leaders who are now saying we can no longer count on Washington's leadership. And that is a significant change. One of the biggest changes, I think, uh, in terms of where we go next with international security and order. Scott, thank you very much for joining us as always. Scott Lucas there, Professor of International Relations at UCD. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear about a new Irish study that hopes to understand the signs, symptoms and treatment of a particular form of arthritis. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.